Welcome to Podcast 333, The Positive Electric. My name is Star, and I'll be your host. My name is Melvin, and I'll be your co-host. We encourage you to tune in as we converse with doers, dreamers, thinkers, believers, creators, innovators, and life workers. Brilliant minds sharing views, ideas, and opinions, raising global consciousness to empower ourselves and each other. To live at our collective highest potential. Today we are joined by the presence of Super Buddha. You can find him on Instagram under the username super underscore Buddha underscore. His bio reads, anonymous superhero dedicated to spreading awareness through art, rebelling against corporate government and human misconduct. Okay, so tell us a little bit about who is Super Buddha and what does it represent? So Super Buddha... I kind of wanted to create a brand image, kind of like Obey or Shepherd Fairy of the Face, but a superhero that kind of stood for human misconduct or anything against being an ungrate human being on a daily basis, whether that's governmental, political, or spiritual. And I related it to Siddhartha because when people look at the Siddhartha, I guess you feel a certain element of tranquility, right? You associate it with peace, happiness, and that's kind of what I want people to relate my work to immediately, the vibes. Because it's not so much about religion or the teachings, because I don't promote Buddhism on my page at all or any type of ideology. It's mostly just love. And that's the underlying message. That brings me to this next question. How do you think social media is playing a role? How people view the world and our problems being faced today in connection with like how you're conveying this peace message, how you're putting out this Buddha to create this brand, how does that interact as far as social media and whatnot? I mean, I feel like social media nowadays, people are so bombarded with the negative. We know we have access to it everywhere. You know, you jump on Facebook right now and I'll literally have a feed of all the massacre and dilemma that's going on in my home country, Venezuela, right now. But I don't find, like, that's an element to kind of chase because everyone's posting it. You know, we all know how corrupt the world is. You know, we've seen it, we're tired of it. It's just another post. So I feel like social media through Super Buddha's page is more focused on the positive instead of all our problems. So the only thing that can create change, right, is positivity creates positivity, right? Right. So I'm trying to get that essence, the essence of my positive. And I also believe with what you're saying is that the more positivity you put out there, the more you get back. Right. I mean, I can go all day using my you know, account or, or my paintings or my projects to promote the bad and have people aware of the bad. But that's been done. You know, right. We need something where people can just take a selfie next to something that says, like, free your mind or something positive that they can just put it out there in the world and i've been looking at that too what do you think about the pictures people are taking with your art yeah it was like super funny to me it was it started with an actual cardboard stencil and it was huge cardboard stencil that siddhartha was taking around anywhere to just kind of market the whole evolution thing of it but it ended up being way more easier to print out the papers and glue them on and I was just doing it for fun, just to create the message. And then I hashtagged Super Buddha, and surely enough, people were, like, snapping pictures with it. And I was like, this could work. You know, I could use this as a portal to create this message or this moment. So, and how long have you been doing this? Not much. Like, the whole Siddhartha post, maybe, like, seven months. Oh, wow. Yeah, it hasn't even been a year and 
I guess people are picking up on the originality aspect of it, that they can relate to it, and it's just something that's been flowing. Tell us a little bit about your journey, how this got started with your travels. I left like Venezuela when I was five, and then I moved to Seattle, Washington, because my dad foresaw his company going under, and we needed a change. If not, we'd be stuck in the poverty that Venezuela is now. So we literally sold everything we had and bought a one-way ticket to Seattle, like the family. Why Seattle? My dad found a job out there at the time, and that was like the place where we had to be because of my dad's job. And ever since then, you know, my dad would fly away 45 days and come back 10, so I didn't really have that connection for like 15 years with my father. But um, we moved around because of his job every four years. So after Seattle, it was Arizona. So then I got a different culture, a different experience. After Arizona, it was Taiwan. So that was a complete different shock and a different experience. Then I moved to Shanghai. How old were you when you went to Taiwan? I was like 15, 16 those years, 17. And did you start noticing anything about Buddhism around that age or it came after? Not really. It was just mostly just the culture shock and it was just me integrating with them and just trying to participate at their level and notice what they did, how they did their things. And I was just learning, picking up on a whole different world. But um, the whole art influence, you can say, started in Shanghai, which I went after Taiwan which is where I spent my whole high school and so graduated out there. Do you speak the language? Mandarin, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. that doesn't So, ni hao to all my Asian podcast listeners. Nice. <laughs> you mentioned that you're doing this branding and you're creating this message and you also design clothing. You bought a jacket, which we'll be posting it up with some photos uh, from this recording. Uh, and so tell us um, about that and, um, you know, why you decided to branch off into clothing and where the clothing comes from, how you create on it, and, and that process. Okay, so I started, like, dabbling painting clothes just um, for fun, right? Just always because I do things out of pure want. But um, I figured, why not put the Siddhartha movement on clothes and just kind of spread the message also with something people can wear? And shortly enough, a few months down the road after doing my own thing personally, I got a phone call from a company out in Atlanta called Fedem Theory, and they basically told me they wanted me to design their collections from here on out regarding the message and Super Buddha. So I'm working closely with them and spreading the, the message through them as well. Where could we find your, your clothing designs for purchase if you wanted to buy them? You can just either reach me on my personal IG, or if you want a jacket from that company, you can reach them out at Fedem Theory on Instagram, but I intervene, you know, jackets, bags, it's limitless clothes of all types, you know, from my own account. So you lived in Shanghai? Yeah. Until what age? I lived in Shanghai till I was about 21. And how old are you now? Like, when did you get I'm 20, here? I'm 25 now. I just turned 25, so. Yeah. You think so? I feel I like, think so. Yeah, you like it. Clock is ticking. Young compared it is, to us. It is, it is ticking. It's ticking for everyone of us. That's why living in the now is so important. So you're, what you're doing is great. Yeah, and I'm just trying to fight the whole, um, you know, I've, I've done the whole corporate. I knew um, you were going to say that. I've done the whole corporate route. I've had a couple businesses of my own. In Shanghai, I opened up a nightclub when I was in 12th grade in high school. My high school told me, what is this? I can't believe you're doing this. Everyone knows about it in Shanghai, and it's unacceptable. We can't have an underage student promoting these events. Not promoting, but actually organizing and creating these venues for foreigners to come and interact. It was actually a salsa and reggaeton. That's awesome. <laughs> salsa and reggaeton so nights in Shanghai, and the Asians loved it. You know, That's <laughs> they, awesome. 
And, you know, I've done, you know, my, my gigs like that and, and companies, I've invested in a few clothing lines. But at the end of the day, it just, it's not feeling. And I don't feel like it's going to get me where I want to be or the impact, it won't be the same. I feel that the people that we're going to be interviewing feel just like you because, you know, everybody feels like their job or whatever it is yeah. they're doing is not fulfilling to them. Look, I think a lot of people are unhappy. You know, a lot of people are finding that are just like, look, I'm just trying to clock out and go home and watch TV yeah. and just numb myself out. So what's your advice for those people? What does Super Buddha say about that to them? I feel like we're at an age, especially nowadays, with so much technology and your podcasts and your videos, Instagram, Facebook, that you can literally do anything you want. It's going to take a while, like any great thing, and you just have to find your niche find what you really want to do and just go for it you know if you got to quit your job you quit it but you got to take that risk man you know yeah because i'd rather grind it out for three years and struggle through it and at the end be able to sleep peacefully than be miserable I mean, it's difficult because like I, we were saying in the previous interview people get attached and they don't know how attached they are until they try to detach yeah that's when you're like wait a minute there's so much going on it's been it really becomes like you you see it then you notice that there's so many attachments. And it's all about that radical movement, you know. We think, okay, let me save up this X amount of money and then I'll go do it. Or let me do this and then I'll go do it. There's always and then and then and it never gets done. Right. <laughs> so I feel like you have to make radical decisions. I mean You have to take risks. Risks as well, for sure. I mean, life without risk though is pretty boring. I don't know if this artist that I kind of follow as well, you guys probably obviously heard of him. His name's Alec Monopoly. I heard one of his interviews just to like pick his brain because you know, I want to know what he was about. And he said that. He said, look, I literally quit my job and I dedicated myself to art 24-7. And that's all I did with no future of where it was going or, you know, just did what I had to do. To me, that was like, yeah, you're on the you know, It's you're on funny the because I always tell people, you know, the easy choice is never, you know, the right choice. The harder choice is usually the right choice. But sometimes it's hard. It's hard because the easy choice and the, and the hard choice, even if for a split second, is almost the same choice. Like, sometimes you have to decide whether, you know, picking up and going and risking it all or saving. And, and then you're still miserable because you're working towards that, but will it ever come? So sometimes the risk is... The only choice, and it's definitely the harder choice. No, of course. And there's also that aspect where it's not going to be from morning to night. You know, you're going to have to literally be in tune with your inner self and figure out the signs. Like, I think life will throw signs at you along the way that you kind of pick up on. You're like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. You know, little signs, photos, words, quotes that just keep reappearing in your life. For example, your podcast has 333 in it. Every day when I go to work, I see 333 on the building or um you know having my meetings it's on this building too and it's on this building too i was about to tell you that on the way here i'm like no way <laughs> and it's just three for me is a number that also reappears in my life constantly you know my house the number has a three in it so i'm like you know those are the pieces you got to put together of course so when you're diving into another career or another life path it's going to take you some time to fully be prepared to act on these coincidences in life or yeah. synchronicities. Or synchronicities, a much better word. Synchronicities. Okay, so tell me more about the projects that you're involved with um, through your other projects and other things you're working on, aside from the clothing line or 
so my art has two two aspects of it the actual canvas art right of super buddha which all my paintings in that category have to do with bringing awareness through anything i consider to be again misconduct and i'll talk a lot about political problems agricultural problems within my art lately i've been realizing that i need to spread the word out even more so how do i do that i need to kind of reach into the people that are willing to a buy these paintings and surely enough a lot of people have been wanting portraits so now we're breaching out into not only canvas work but we're digitalizing portraits handmade by me into glass pvc or um how do you say the frosted panel glasses Mm -hmm. so now it's taking on a whole new aspects where consumers or the people buying can actually have their own piece and their own face and persona in their house which is pretty cool because they just send me a picture and i'm i determine the vibe so by looking at you Mm -hmm. or by looking at the picture i'll get a feeling of who you are more or less like what the, the just because all of my work is 100% improvised. I don't sketch anything out. I don't plan anything out. I just have an idea, and it usually ends up being something else. But what it ends up being is the essence right. of the person. Absolutely. And they dig that. So now we're reaching out into a whole different business, which is pretty exciting. Very nice. I wanted to ask you, how did you get started with painting on the street in Wynwood? In Wynwood? I mean, it was just that, just putting up, pacing up Siddhartha's and just hoping somebody would notice. But And how this started seven months ago? Yeah. I mean, I started, I would say it was less than a year ago, I stenciled out the first Siddhartha. And for some reason, it just kind of trailed on itself. It's been, I've had some crazy supernatural stories happen with my image. I don't know if... Give us an example. Us one. Uh, I'd like to hear, We'd love one. to hear one. Which is why it's just so crazy. The feeling is so real. But, um... I did an event in Wynwood that was kind of like a, um, it's not a sculpture, but it's an, a live interaction, like in the street, a play. Like was, a, it, was it hosted by someone? Yeah, how far, how far was that? This was... Uh, 68 weeks 68 ago. Weeks ago. Is that, is that, that's not a, a year. year. 52, 52 weeks. That was year. the first Siddhartha I ever stenciled. It was for an event that was hosted by someone? It was just kind of like a street prank I wanted to play on people where I um, I dressed up this girl and I painted her like a psychedelic teddy bear. And I had the teddy bear holding a series of 100 balloons filled with glitter and um, confetti. But no one knew there was glitter or confetti in these balloons. So the exciting part, or my mission was, I wanted people to come out to this teddy bear and pop a balloon and get filled with confetti and glitter. And I wanted to capture the essence of that emotion of that childhood wonder you know that little escape where you can feel somewhat pure or innocent again in this world so the balloons i had to test out in my house right and this is where the super uh, natural story comes in i was with my friends you know we're just making balloons in my house filling them up with helium filling them with glitter one by one we had like a hundred balloons in the ceiling and my friend's like hey maybe you should put a uh, stencil on your balloon to see how the paint reacts to it and I was like, yeah, that's a great idea, let's do it. One out of those 100 balloons, I grabbed down and I put my stencil on it, the Super Buddha logo. And then put it back up and I tell my friends, all right, I left something in the car, I'll be right back. When I come back upstairs, I notice the blank stare in my friends' faces as if they'd just seen a ghost. And I was like, what happened? And they're like, dude, look where you were sitting. And I notice my balloon was sitting where I was sitting. And they're like, your balloon literally came down from the ceiling, bumped me in the head. 
and went straight to where you were sitting. Have you this balloon is filled with helium? Let alone how it found its coordinates to where I was sitting is a mystery to me. But I was like, how is this happening? I literally grabbed my balloon and I don't know what to feel. I was like, I don't know if this is happening in a negative way. Like, why are you scaring my friends? Like this energy, <laughs> you know, like why, you know what I'm saying? So I literally grabbed it and I was about to throw it like outside because I didn't like my energy scaring my friends. And they're like, no, no, don't throw it away. I really feel a divine connection that is my father. Oh, that's awesome. And she kept the balloon. And the balloon obviously exploded three days later, but three that was just one. Three. <laughs> and it was just, you see what I mean? It was just crazy. It was just a crazy experience to see something like that happen in front of you. Because it was like... So how did that turn out, that whole event with the balloons and the... Uh, it was the cool. Essence. A lot of people loved the... the the thing you know they love the whole interaction on, on in Winwood. how were you getting people to pop, go and pop them were you oh well i mean the it was it was a it was a girl um painted in a psychedelic form with a giant teddy bear hat so it immediately drew attention they're like what's going on here and they doesn't want to walk up to 100 balloons <laughs> Yeah, you know, and the sign said, pop one and oh, regain okay. your childhood wonder. And people were just popping balloons and we were recording their immediate reaction. Very nice. And it was, it was um, fun. In my doing research of your brand and you, what you do, I learned that you donate your proceeds of your... Yeah, so like 10% of each painting or anything I make, even if it's just on my own, I try to give back. That's awesome. So I feel like, especially nowadays, there's a lot of charities out there that are fake. Right. So sometimes my only way out is to actually physically give this money to someone random on the street or buy them some food in exchange or something because oh, I have to make sure who I give it to, obviously, to make sure they're using it in a healthy way. Because, yeah. All right. Tell us a productivity tool that you use every day in order to put yourself out there. If it's a strategy to post on social media or do you do try to plan different types of uh, events and stuff like that? I think the most important part is having your, your brand image clear, right? What you really want to represent. And after you find that out, you start seeing what people like or don't like through your posts. And either you can work around that, notice the times. Obviously, there's some tools out there that will tell you when your followers are on, their age, where in the world they are. So you can kind of guide yourself through these tools that are for free on Instagram, you know, just Instagram tools. Also, a lot of reading a lot of um, YouTube videos by some of the best, obviously, developers like Gary Vee, Tony Robbins. These guys, they know their thing when it comes to social media. So there's a lot of information out there that can help you understand better social media. What does it mean to you to be awake? That's a, that's a deep question. I guess, I, guess, <laughs> um, I guess our question is what it means like when you write stay woke, which is something that a lot of people say nowadays because it's also trendy and, of course, we can never escape that. But what does it actually mean to you? Stay woke in the most simplest of terms means be aware, you know? I'm not saying live the life of a monk, but just be aware. And if you're aware, you can make better choices in a daily life. Little choices. Um, what does it mean to be awake or awaken? Damn. Um, I think it's a very subjective answer Yeah. because it's different for everybody. Yeah, to, to me it may mean... Um, having the courage to maybe pursue your divine purpose. And you have to feel what that is, and you'll know when it's there. And having the courage to go after it. Because like you said, there's a lot of risks, a lot of naysayers, 
a lot of um, disbelievers, you know. Going with that, a lot of naysayers. Um, <clears throat> so you, you work with your art, and obviously you were in the corporate world, you say, right? Yeah. Did you have anybody telling you not to quit your job and not pursue an art career? Um, the first people that I think are going to say stuff like that is, unfortunately, your friends and family. Those are the first people that are going to... Well, not from a bad point of view. They're just trying to, quote-unquote, look, look out, out for you, you, take care of you, make sure you're on the right path. But everybody's path is different. But, yeah, I think it's that. Your friends and family will be the first one to kind of tell you, don't quit your job, do this, do that, follow this path. But what parents or friends don't understand is that the game's different now. You don't get too far with a bachelor's degree. Have you? I have one. And I just have it on my wall just to look at it because I don't, I don't use it. What did you study? International business and marketing. So I graduated from FIU and um, here in Florida. And I literally just have that diploma sitting there because I'm doing this right now, 100%. And to this day, even though things are moving great, there's still that concern because art is, fluctuates, you know, and it's a, it's a risky profession to be in. Everything is risky, though. That's the yeah. Thing. That's also the other thing, you know. It's uh, it's um. In two thousand eight, you know, the market crashed, and how many Wall Street went down, and so how many people lost millions in their jobs, you know, families, kids, and that was like the first big hit, yeah. recently, and people are getting back up from that now. There's always risk. Your company could go under, be laid off. What can you do? I'd rather have it depend on myself, you know. Yeah. If my art goes on there, it's because I wanted it to. Ultimately, you can only depend on yourself. Exactly. Either I create another trend or I go on there. Um, when's your birthday? Uh, January 6, 1992. I am a one for all those numerology followers. Uh-huh. I'm a one, You're so a one. You are. I create. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what about music? Tell us a little bit about the type of music that you listen to. I know you like Bob Marley. I love Bob. I think the there's a lot of wisdom to learn from Bob. So much wisdom. But um, I like everything, you know. My favorite bands could be, I don't know if you guys listening know this, but it's a Puerto Rican band called Cultura Profetica. Amazing band. Do you know Cultura Profetica? Personally, no, I wish. I wish that would be great to meet them. Just simply because of their message. And, and, and I went to a few of their concerts and I noticed that they really do represent what they're preaching. They're honest people. Yeah, I'll listen to even... Classical, Mozart, Beethoven when I paint, or sometimes I might be feeling 90s hip-hop, and I'll play, you know, some of that. Or Bomba Stereo. You never know. Like, I listen to everything, as long as it's good music and not the 2017 rap we're hearing right? nowadays. Um, tell us a day in the life of Super Buddha, anonymous superhero. <laughs> so pretty much, it's just wake up, have some tea, Visualize what I'm going to do for the day, meditate that out, and get to it, you know. I have to paint pretty much from five to seven hours a day. And then after that, I tend to either keep reading about something I like, a subject I like, a book I like, Hector's book, Letters from One Ellis, anything that's beneficial. And then I'll do something physical, you know, ride my bike, work out, just take care of myself in that aspect too. It's got to be an all-around type of thing, you know, spiritually, physically. Mentally. Do you consider yourself a uh, Buddhist? 
No, at all. Honestly, I get that question all the time. But are you a Buddhist? No, I'm not <laughs> a Buddhist. Like it's um the whole again back to it, Siddhartha, tranquility, oh. the relation between people and that. Do I follow Buddhist teachings on my day to day basis? I follow some obviously on how to behave as a human being. But it's not that I'm meditating four times a day and having sessions of not talking to anyone and just being out in nature. It's not. It's not about that right now. Right. I would love to do it. I would love to do well, it. Well, you're setting yourself up to be able to do that in the future by way of conveying this beautiful message. There's something I've always wanted to do, and it's a whole seven day retreat and like to that, where you really go and you can't talk to anyone for seven days, and you're just deep into this camp with these monks. Eating, breathing, and walking with them just 24-7 for seven days where there's no talking. Apparently, you come back like another human being. Like the ra- I've had people have done it, and they said, look, even the radio just bothers me. Wow. Yeah, think about it. You don't talk for seven days to anyone. You're just by yourself. You can't even go with your spouse or your, your mate. It must be a super deep journey with them. Super seven deep days. journey. Well, I, I think it's important to practice silence, you know. Of course. Because we're bombarded with all kinds of noises and distractions. So I think, for me, it's important to just unplug. Yeah. Honestly, those are things I've wanted to do in the future. You know, that's why I'm not saying I'm not a Buddhist right now. I'm not saying I could be or can't be. But their teachings are something I relate to. And someday I wish to get more involved in those type of aspects and get to know myself on a more extreme level like them. Do you practice any other rituals, like, you know, throughout the day or week or month, like something else that you, besides, like, regular meditation? And Do you do yoga or, like, anything, like, of that type of thing? Um, I go to a few spiritual classes here in Miami. I go to one here led by Melissa called ba- in Bagua Center here in downtown. It's, it's a great class that happens every Tuesday that pretty much I, they talk about where she channels what is actually happening in the world and how we're feeling and how we're supposed to be feeling that it's okay and how to change it or how to react to it so I guess that's kind of like a ritual just to keep me grounded you know because I feel like we're all connected like emotionally we're all experiencing somewhat the same frequency just generally because we're all part of this planet and it's good to be aware or pick up on these things because maybe you're feeling sad one day and she is too and you are too and oh what a coincidence why are we all feeling sad maybe we're in retrograde I don't know you know what I mean but stuff like that, you know, I guess other rituals or stuff I do, not really. Maybe just podcasts, even when I'm in the car, you know. What podcast do you listen to? Um, I love Rich Roll's podcast. I love that podcast. I love the Joe Rogan podcast, the Me Joe too. Rogan experience. Yeah, I enjoy that one too. I mean, there's just, they're amazing, amazing guys. Um, there was one I used to listen to all the time and I just they they disappeared from from the podcast place they used to be called Dharma Punks I don't know if you guys are still out there if they are or not but I would love to follow you guys again you know they're great they're just a bunch of spiritual leaders from Cali that sit and talk about different topics and each one's dedicated to a certain aspect of life you know whether it's medicinal like spiritual but that was a great podcast and um, the proverbial question that I ask is, if you could give anybody on this journey one piece of advice that you feel they could use throughout their journey consistently, what would it be? Like a quote? Sure. Um, damn, you guys are putting me on the spot, thinking on my feet, I guess. I would honestly say, be patient. Everything takes time. Whatever you want to do, it can be done. No questions asked, but 
it's going to require some time, work, patience, most of all. Stay true. Stay true, stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke. You just heard what sounded like the end of the interview, but we actually continued the conversation for a little while longer. It's Divine 333. Uh, yeah, what did you, did, did that number mean anything to you? The Divine um, Trinity. Yeah, the Divine Trinity. Not only that, but everywhere I go, there's a three, you know? I'm my a three. My house is a three. Yeah. Three or the number 13 always appears somewhere in my life. The, the thing about the three is... Back in Shanghai, I also got into a bit of trouble. So I did some time in Chinese prison, and my number of my inmate had 13s in it. And that was just pure coincidence, you know? It wasn't because of a felony or something I did. It was, it was a traffic violation that, due to China and its laws, I had to do some time for. So that was a crazy experience. But 13s always been following me. You know, I just want to clear that out. I'm not a felon. <laughs> I did not. It was just not a murder. Traffic violation. I'm not trying to get the wrong idea out there. I did time, but I'm not a murderer. That's interesting. You did. Yeah, time some for guy traffic. ran the. Yeah, some guy ran the red light, and I just smashed into him in my car in a four-way intersection, and it was terrible. You know, he was in ICU, completely fucked up. The situation was that that. They saw, right they saw, you know, we were foreign. Of course. And they're like, oh, okay. They took advantage. And in China, it's crazy because there's no lawyers. There's lawyers, but they're not going to defend you in court. Not against the government. Because it's the government. Right. It's communist. Yeah. So you don't have a lawyer like here. My client's innocent. They're like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, this is, it's, it's not a debate. Like, he's yeah. going to jail. Well, like, done. It's not like Venezuela. Okay, how much can we pay? No, doesn't work that way. Go on to jail. How long were you in for? Not much, a month. It was. It, it was, sure felt like a year, right? Oh my god, it was terrible. I didn't see the light of day for that whole time. And they showered me like once a week. The bathroom was a hole on the floor in front of like four other guys. No. So I was like, oh my god, you know, there wasn't no elevated toilet like here. It was literally like a hole on the floor. And I was like, gotta do your business there in front of everyone and that to me was like this is not cool and the food was just terrible I can't even you know Asian foods doesn't look appealing right off the bat no yeah. offense it's just how it's prepared it's not very visually appetizing so you can only imagine the quality of food in there I literally had to eat bricks of rice cold hard rice for food <laughs> to sustain for me for a month that's all they gave you for a traffic violation guys not only, not only and then you know the whole aspect of after you know they let me go because sh- of in, in, in less than a month because I had to do house arrest time too so for three months I, I couldn't leave the country my whole passport was denied I couldn't leave at all until the people that were in ICU woke up because if they didn't wake up they told me look your options are my, my real Venezuelan lawyers in the consulate they told me look Either you try to flee the country, because if this guy doesn't wake up, your son's going to jail for seven years. And we're like, trying to flee the country. We're just trying to get out of here. And we try to escape via Hong Kong, which is not part of China, denied. Try to buy tickets like to via Singapore, denied. I mean, the only option was like to put me in a container and ship me like some cargo. That was a crazy experience. The guy woke up, he was obviously reimbursed for his injuries but um thank god he woke up and i didn't have to go through that because 
Seven years in Chinese prison is pretty hardcore, especially in my 20s, when I'm going to come out and yeah. miss out on a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. We wouldn't be here right now, actually. I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. We wouldn't be having this I know, that's why I always tell everybody time is the best storyteller of all yeah, time. Yeah, so it's like experiences, you know, you live in these places, you actually get hit with these exper- life experiences that just mold you and change you, make you see things a little bit different. I appreciate every glass of water I take, because... <laughs> Over there, inside there, they had to give me hot, really hot water because they like to drink their water super hot. But it was literally to the point where it wasn't even, like, hot. It was bo- literally borderline boiling. So I was like, I had to sit with my cup for, like, an hour until it cooled down so I could finally drink my water. And I was like, this is So pathetic. they drink hot water? Asians yeah. love drinking hot water. It's good for It's actually for way digestion. better for you. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's way better for you. Think about I it. I didn't know that. Fat, like, in, that's sitting in your stomach, melts, and you just poop it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you kept on traveling? Yeah. I, tra- I still travel to Shanghai. You know, my family lives up there. Um, I travel there once a year to visit them. And, um, oh, so they're still there? Family? Yeah, yeah. They're still out there. Um, I travel mm, quite a bit. I love, you know, South America, Costa Rica. I love those vibes. Bali. I love traveling to Bali. Do you create when you go to those places also and leave your message around those those other places you go to or no, not really? Not really, because to me, it, I just want to get away from like right. everything and just kind of reconnect with myself so I can come back even better. I think we have to sometimes give breaks to some things. Do you have anybody that like inspires you to be like this superhero Buddha? I'm not a superhero. Super Buddha is a hero. <laughs> But, so I love uh, that you talk about it in the third person because for me, I really feel like... Because it's an image to me. It's right, like, but I just feel like it's so much deeper than that because in order for you to feel so deeply about it, even when we talked on the phone, you, I felt it in your voice. You felt so like responsible for Super Buddha. Yeah, it's really weird. It's, it's like... It's not... It's interesting. It's like on a, daily, on a daily basis, I think you're revolutionaries, you know, that I kind of look up to even though it's not even part of art, but um, Steve Jobs. I like um, Malcolm X, your Martin Luther Kings, you know, Walt Disney. These are people that are just far beyond this lifetime, and they impact you to chase a different way of life, that it's okay to be completely think you're crazy. People like that, you know, inspire me. I wouldn't say I look up to someone on a daily basis for a source of, infer- for a source of guidance, but those are people I've read up on that I like their story. That inspired me. So are you in a relationship with someone? No. no. My relationship <laughs> is with life. I love that. <laughs> 100% hippie. That's awesome. It's uh, with life and the universe. That's my relationship. I've had relationships, obviously, but... Um, long-term? Yeah, somewhere long. Back in China, I had my first long-term relationship, which was four years. That's my longest. Ever since then, it's been maximum like two years, one year. It's still... And now it's like doesn't show anywhere around my life. <laughs> How long has it been since you were in a relationship with someone? Maybe like five years, four years. It's not that I have anything against, you know, dating or relationships. I just feel like when you start to get to know yourself, you start realizing you're not compatible with everyone. And a lot of people will date just to fill up that loneliness or that void. So you're not even doing it for the right reasons. You're just doing it because you need to handle some inner work first. And that's kind of like what I'm going through now. I'm handling my own inner work so I can be with or next to someone and not bring them, quote-unquote, down or you so I can elevate the, you them. You want to be your fullest potential before you're with someone else. I 
I feel like yeah, super important. I learned that just now after so, obviously after so many heartbreaks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, right now I'm single. Okay, so if you guys wanna learn more about Super Buddha and what it is and entails to be an anonymous superhero and his brand and what he's doing to the community and for the community, please add him on social media. Instagram is super underscore Buddha underscore and um, give him a follow. He's working on his website, so it should be up in the next couple of months. And yeah, I feel like also that just I'm not trying to be connected everywhere. Also, just trying to have some key outlets instagram possibly a facebook and a website right but um i want to say thank you very much for uh meeting with us today thank you man sharing your message thank you guys for having me oh please thank you and we appreciate you coming by it's divine 333 this concludes episode two of podcast 333 the positive electric thank you so much super buddha for being our guest and sharing your story This episode has been brought to you by A Meeting of the Minds and by Intercorp Mortgage Solutions, located in Doral, Florida. Thank you guys for giving us a quiet space for our recording. Uh, Tune in next time for a brand new interview with another creative local artist. Also, please visit our website at www.thepositiveelectric.com and send us a message. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can also connect with us through Facebook at Podcast333 and on Instagram at The Positive Electric. Until next time.